You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. Good morning, church. You all look so good today. You got to tell the moms next to you, you, good job getting out (laughs) and looking so good. Hello, I'm Rebecca Watton. I love Jesus and this is my church home. I am wife to the handsome and talented musician and loving father Grant. And I'm mother... And I am mother of two wonderful children, Oksana, who is eight, and Osric, who is four. This is my niece and nephew, and I'll be introducing them in just a minute. Uh, The message I'm going to be sharing with you today is called Raise, Aim, Release. But before I get into the message, I have a few things I need to do first. Allow me to introduce my beautiful and creative sister, who's getting all set up for us today, Rachel Browatsky. She is wife to the outstanding Ashley and mother of three adorable children, Ariel, who is six, and Sawyer, who is four, and Livia, who is still sitting down there at six months. Rachel will be blessing us today with a painting inspired by God, And because of our short time here this morning, she was able to preview my message and begin a composition of what Jesus was showing her. And it really touched my heart already, so I'm sure you're going to receive from that. So thank you, Rachel, for the hours that you've already dedicated towards this project. And let's just give her a hand for making it out the door, dressed, beautiful, and prepared this morning to minister to us. I know that our mom is beaming, proud to have her girls up here today. Uh, When I was discussing with Rachel about coming to join me, she said, if we do well, then we're going to have to take this show on the road. And I believe it. (laughs) Our our mom has prophesied uh, many times um, that all her legacy, kids and grand blessings, would be ministering to the Lord. And that's why these children are up here today. They said, we want to be your soldiers. They will be going down shortly, but they said, we want to be your soldiers today, and I I receive it. So to start off today, I really want to recognize the mothers, and that's why I'm here today. Um, We have a post, which I think really captures true mom life. And it was shared by mom of eight and an old friend to quite a few of us, Danielle Baldwin. So how many of you have had cups of coffee that look like this? (laughs) And she allowed me to share this, but I did check her Facebook this morning, and last night, because of the fires, um, she was evacuated for some time. Like, she is such a brave mom. I'm just so amazed. She was able to go back in in the evening. That is all I know. I'm sure family here could update us. And then we have a quote um, that I really find truth in by Linda Wooten. And it says, being a mother is discovering strengths you didn't know you had and dealing with fears you never knew existed. 
My daughter, Oksana, wanted to be part of the blessing today and has drawn for you all a Mother's Day picture to enjoy. She spent lots of time on it. She originally definitely wanted a cross because she is always drawing crosses, but just couldn't get it straight enough that she wanted, so she, she changed her uh, picture. Did you know that the official Mother's Day started because of a lady wanting to pay tribute to her godly mother who had gone on home? So can we just take a moment, and pastor's already done it, but let's just thank God and honor the mothers and grandmothers and any of those precious children who are no longer with us, but who've left a mark on our hearts. So let's just take a moment and just thank God. Just thank you, God. You know, God is so good, and I really wanted to think about every aspect of motherhood. Um, and so I hope I am able to address that today. So this is a blessing from Floodgate Productions, and it's from my heart to you. So today is a unique day, and it's far bigger than we think, because there are many different kinds of mothers, and all are being honored here today. For the mother who's chosen to stay home while her children are little, may your patience be great and your influence even greater. For the single mom who never planned on doing this alone, may you be consistently strengthened by your Heavenly Father, and may you hear his voice singing over you. For the mother who strives to balance work outside the home with love inside the home, may you be given energy, validation, and hope as you make the leap from one world to another every day. For the mother whose hearts might be hurting or who carry their motherhood with them as a silent cloak, always wishing, wondering, and waiting. May God carry you, fill you with his divine peace, and make the memories you cherish stay vivid. For the adoptive moms, whose longing was embodied in the heart of a child, may God download in you his perfect plan and a love bond unbreakable. For moms who had poor moms themselves, but who now refuse to let that pattern repeat itself. May the godly legacy you've started be carried on for generations to come. For mothers with grown adult children, may today be filled with laughter and joy, and may you experience deep satisfaction and fulfillment. And for mothers who have no biological children of their own, but who mother younger women as mentors, may you understand your role as a calling from God and a transformation of their hearts. And if I'll add, if, you, if it's your desire for children that God would answer your prayers. <clears throat> Today is a unique day. So for all those mothers we mentioned and even all those we didn't, be blessed, be honored, be filled with joy. You are making the world a better place because you are filling it with a love that only a mom can give. So I want to honor our house mama, Mama Effie. <laughs> we cherish you. We thank you for your prayers and encouragement time and time again. We thank you for your example. But most of all, we thank you for your love. And I pray that God would give you continued strength 
and health, and that he would fill your wellspring so that you would be abundantly overflowing to every good work. God bless you. We love you. My mom, Victoria, I cherish you, and I'm so thankful for how you raised me and my siblings. Your example of stepping out in faith, even when it was uncomfortable and hard, has shaped me into the woman I am today. You continue to be there at a moment's notice and have put our needs above your own without complaint time and time again. And I pray for you to be filled up with God's abundant provision and vitality. Thank you for the Grammy that you are to our children, helping to raise them up in the genuine faith and teaching them to rely on God for their needs. Can we have a clap for those beautiful ladies? I just have a little presentation. to Grammy and that one goes to Auntie Rachel. Thank you. And then you can stay down. Thank you. Thank you, children. I am so thankful for this house and for our pastors and congregation. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Please excuse my children, which I'm sure will be entertaining us the whole service long. Um, but I, I really do want to thank our pastors, our congregation, all of you who have held us up in prayers, words, food many times, finances. We have been so blessed. And your faithfulness has been such an integral part to our success. So thank you. We certainly can feel when you're in the spirit, when your people are praying. This truly is a family of God. If you are newly attending or this is your first time with us, welcome. I'm so honored to be able to be ministering on this Mother's Day morning because God has given me a heart for women and mothers. I knew that I first felt the call one morning in my 20s when I was at my aunt's in the city. I was getting ready for church. The Christian radio station was playing softly in the background. I wasn't even clearly listening, but it was some mum's testimony of a child's health. In my spirit, I felt a weight. And as I responded to it, out of me gushed heart-wrenching sobs. It was a deep, deep well. I wasn't sad. But I felt the spirit inside me crying for these women. I didn't want to stop it because I felt like it needed to come out. And I asked what it was all about. And all I got at the time was women and children. Sometimes you don't need to know yet. <laughs> I could have cried all day, but, and, but we had to leave and get off to church. Later, I would stay uh, many years uh, probably be over 10, maybe 15 years later, I would stay in that very room while pregnant with Oksana to be born. And it was yet to be revealed how shortly after we would be living at the Ronald McDonald House, surrounded by hurting families 
who without a word can understand your pain. We would walk with them through grueling days and procedures and several whose children would have to leave us too soon. Often I had no words and truly no words were needed. A hand to hold, a shoulder to cry on, and one marvelous tiny little girl who, would, who was a fighter <laughs> and who's a testament to the miraculous power of God. I constantly heard she gives us so much hope. So this past December, I was able to share my message of hope at the ladies' banquet, Christmas banquet, and the, all the deep details of the miracles of our life. But for those of you who may not know our story, Oksana, our firstborn, was diagnosed prenatally with having a heart defect, where the left side of her heart uh, was not developed and we would be thrown into a battle for her life. To summarize, I would move to Edmonton to wait for her to be born. She really wants to be on stage, I'm so sorry. These are miracle girls here. <laughs> Pastor uh, Landon Dorsch says that you're supposed to show the children how to do the hard things of God because um, it, it teaches them. So please bear with me. <laughs> there will be a time where you guys have to go sit down, okay? You can stand up here nicely still, okay? Oksana, I would move to Edmonton, and Oksana would be delivered a month later, and um, then in the OR and whisked off to the stallery. She had two open-heart surgeries, the first at seven days old, the morning after Thanksgiving, then at four months old. She had come, for, uh, come home for one short month stay in between, but was airlifted back to the stallery where she was put on round-the-clock oxygen and we would live in hospital and at her home away from home, the Ronald McDonald House. She was then listed for a transplant and we would wait eight months before receiving her first transplant at 13 months old on Remembrance Day 2010. Ten months later, she coded in the cath lab and following a checkup procedure, or right after a checkup procedure, and received 45 minutes of CPR, can you say miracle? Before being put on ECMO and life support and dialysis as her organs were failing. Again, she would require another five minutes of CPR when the air bubble was led into her heart cannulas. A few days later, they did pull us aside and discuss what they preferred to discontinue life support, but we witnessed needed miracle after miracle. And at 14 days after being relisted, she received a second heart transplant on September 3rd, 2011. And she would need to relearn how to sit, bottle, and walk. Countless medicine doses, blood work, procedures, and appointments followed, but she is here today a bright and vibrant eight-year-old who loves Jesus with all her heart and proclaims his mighty works. And I will say that Ariel is also our miracle girl. She has survived liver cancer, and um, I don't have her whole testimony. My sister will give that another day, but we just love these girls so much, and I know the church has just blessed us with us.
So that was my introduction to motherhood. And what has it taught me? <clears throat> Mothers need to be brave. Am I always brave? No. But I know how to put it on like armor. I was born brave, but in school, I had a few well-meaning adults put me in my place, and I forgot how to operate in it so naturally. So thankfully, my mom caught on to this, and she began to speak boldness into my life. She would tell me, like the song goes, be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. <laughs> What's the 80s? Uh, we would learn about how to operate in love and stop the fear. She would teach me, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. This would need to be repeated over and over and over, to my annoyance, really. But it stuck. And when I was in situations faced with paralyzing fear, the scriptures would come to my remembrance and aid. Today, it's more natural to me because I've been in activation of it for years. But I still have to stop, gird up my strength before most times. But the exciting times, when there isn't time to think, and it's just what's in your heart that comes out, that power of God, it's just like a force, it comes in, you in, in me in boldness, and it's such a thrill. And thank God it's there. During the critical years with Oksana, my husband, Grant, and I both had to operate in boldness without ceasing. It's the grit your teeth kind of faith. That's the anointing that we have as parents. And the anointing makes it look easy. There was this one time I did give in to fear. O, as we call her, had been in surgery for eight hours, and I'm pretty sure we were pushing 12 hours in the waiting room. I let in the tiniest bit of fear. It almost sent me clean out of my mind. I wanted to be screaming and climbing chairs. You, you just can't hold it in. And I lost all peace, and I was frantic. That was not God, and it did not help or do any good. All the rest of the time, we were buckled down, choosing faith over fear and operating in strength and anointing. Her life depended on it. I love this. The thing about being brave is it doesn't come with the absence of, absence of fear and hurt. Bravery is the ability to look face, fear in the hurt in the face, and say, move aside, you are in the way. I found some brave mamas in the Bible, too. This one we don't always mention, but Eve, she was the original mother of Cain, Abel, Seth, and several unnamed others. But she was the first mother, and she had no other mother to learn from. She was also the first mother to bury a child. Joshabed, or however we say it, mother of Aaron, Moses, and Miriam. This was a brave mother, full of ingenuity, and when threatened with the death of her child, first she was brave enough to pass her son off as a girl just to protect him, and then when he got old enough to float him down a river and have the little sister 
watching. What a brave mama. And then brave enough to allow Pharaoh's daughter to take him in as her own. Hannah, mother of Samuel, was brave enough to believe that her barren body could have had a child. And brave enough to make a scene, like I'm doing today, <laughs> on the temple steps. And so brave to give her son to grow and serve in the temple with the priest at such a young age. Mary, mother of Jesus, she was so brave when the angel appeared to her and told her she's going to have a baby and all the risk that that would entail. She showed incredible strength at the feet of the cross watching her son die. And then to open her heart at the end of that and adopt John as her son that day. And this last one might surprise you or not, it's God. And in Isaiah 66, at the beginning of 12 and then 13, the Lord says that he promises to us, and he says, I will comfort you there like a mother comforting her child. And then 2 Corinthians 1.4, he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. In the original language, comfort comes from two words, come and with, um, come and fort. And so come is together or joint, and then fort is strength or strong. So I love that he, when he comforts us, he's coming with us with his strength. Isaiah 49, 15, and the beginning of 16. Never can a mother forget her nursing child. Can she no, feel no love for the child she has born? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you. See, I have written your name in the palms of my hands. But what does that all mean for us today? It means you need to put your name on the list of brave mamas and brave papas because he has called you to be a warrior. And it's straight from his word. And I know those are strong words. It, it's really what he told me to tell you today over and over again. Psalm 127, and the bulk of our, my message will be from this verses. Don't you see that children are God's best gift? The fruit of the womb, his generous legacy, like the warrior's fistful of arrows, are the children of a vigorous youth. Oh, how blessed are you parents with your quivers full of children. Both parents are invaluable. Both have critical and vital roles in raising their children, to be confident and capable adults who live for the Lord. Again, Judges 6, 12. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. So I found that Jennifer Ebenhack puts it clearly to describe it for us today. She said, children are from the Lord. They're arrows, and we're the warriors. These arrows we can carve and shape and balance. 
and they are going to journey far beyond our reach. They're what God is going to use tomorrow. By God's grace, they'll be part of the church on the offense against whom the gates of hell won't be able to stand. They can storm the enemy's stronghold, rescue those bound in darkness, bring the light and the freedom of Jesus to those in sin's chains. This is God's call on our children as the nations rage. And this shaping, and one day soon, the aiming, is the call on you and me. As the opposition mounts, the need for warrior moms grows. The need for women who won't buy into materialism and worldly values. The need for wives who will respect and honor their husbands. The need for moms who will give up personal ease and train their children in God's ways. Warrior moms, remember they're in a battle. They're aware that their sisters called by the name of Christ, oceans away, face unspeakable trials. And they're wise to the strategies of Satan implements in their own culture, community, and home. Warrior moms aren't lulled to sleep by the lives of comfort. They shake off the enemy's sleeping powder, prying their eyes open almost every morning <laughs> so that they don't step on a landmine. They've got to guard themselves against temptation, weariness, and pitfalls that are claiming their friends on every side. And they know they are needed, so they die to self. And they prepare each arrow. It's not about the arrow's beauty, the color it's painted, the brand name insignia it sports. It's about straightening what's crooked, sanding the rough spots, sharpening the point, adjusting the feathers, dedicating time to target practice. It's making sure this arrow understands its purpose, the reason it will someday be set free in flight. We aren't the creators of our arrows. Let's not be disillusioned here. Our arrows aren't for our trophy cabinets, not for display, not for our glory, and not to remain in our quivers forever. Our children are with us for a season, a season in which minutes are an eternity and years are in the blink of an eye. So let's not waste the time. Worry your moms. Our responsibility is great. And I, I was going to wear all camouflage today. I did, I did think about it, but. <laughs> Life is busy and full of externals and to-do lists and practices and playgroups and laundry. But remember, these things have, are nothing without Jesus. If your kids don't see you loving him, talking with him, depending on his word, seeking his wisdom, how will they learn to fly straight? If they don't know that we're in a battle, how will they be motivated to fight the enemy? And if they don't know their maker, how will they have hope and courage for their mission? Sisters, your hearts are beautiful. 
God is stirring women across the world to courageous faith and service through motherhood. Know that you are not alone. There is truly an army of us, an army of warriors, weak, sometimes. But the message from Christ is the same for us as those who went before us. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And by his grace, we'll do this. We'll do this in enemy territory while the world rages and crumbles because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. I found this poem, and it was written in 1923. Sorry. By, I, don't, I know I'm going to say his name wrong, but it was Cahill Gibran, and he captures another important part in our, in our analogy of archery, the bow from which the arrow is sent. So the beginning part is, is great. It's similar to what I've already said, but the end of the poem is, you are the bows from which your children as living arrows are sent forth. The archer sees the mark upon the path of the infinite and bends you with his might that his arrows might go swift and far. Let your bending in the archer's hand be for gladness. For even as he loves the arrow that flies, so loves he loves also the bow that is stable. There is a verse that reminds us that we are also arrows. It's Isaiah 49, 1 through 2 from the Amplified. Listen to me, O islands and coastlands, and pay attention, you people from far away. The Lord has called me from the womb. From the body of my mother, he has named me. He has made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he has kept me hidden, and he has made me a sharpened arrow. In his quiver has he hidden me. I wanted to know if there was a reason or what the reason was that God chose arrows as his analogy for children. So Dennis and Barbara Rainey explain that it is a biblical battle plan for parenting. And I love how they go through an arrow. An arrow, to be useful, must have a shaft, fletching or feathers, a knock, which is the groove at the end of the arrow, in which the bowstring fits, and a point. If all of these four are well made, the result is an effective arrow, beautifully designed for impact. These four qualities give us four clear goals to pursue as we craft our children. Nearly every issue or trap our children will encounter can be linked to a young person's need in one of these four areas. So we come to number one, the arrow's shaft, and it represents identity. The making of a fine arrow begins with the shaft. Obviously, since every other part of the arrow must attach to the shaft, this part of the arrow is a lot like the child's identity. If a child's self-concept is warped, not straight and strong, 
his flight in life might be wobbly. If we want to properly guide our children to a healthy self-identity, we must acknowledge and support the creator's design in three key areas. Spiritual identity, emotional identity, and sexual identity. And we must also communicate with them one of the most important messages that they will ever receive. You are made in the image of God. You are one valuable child. Number two, the arrow's feathers. And I have a bunch of feathers here today. They are still on the table over there, but I will set them up. Um, when I was, when I, God showed me the arrows, um, I went out shopping to the thrift store. And uh, he had this whole basket, and you'll see it, full of arrow pieces. There's no shafts in there, but there is tips and knock, like the arrows, the knocks, the, and a ton of feathers. And it's just so neat. So you'll be able to take a look when you come up to see the painting. You can come and I'll, I'll spread this out and you can take a look at it. But number two, the arrows' feathers represent character. And why do, others, why do arrows have those feathers on the back end? The feathers or fletching create drag. When the arrow is in flight, which keeps the back end of the arrow behind the front end. A pretty important function. It also stabilizes the arrow as it flies to its target. An arrow without good fletching is undependable and dangerous. If an arrow has the right kind of feathers properly installed, it will fly straight. We think character has the same effect on children. From, a, from Genesis to Revelation, Character development is the major theme of God's work in people, and it's one of the major assignments God gives us as parents. Character is how your child responds to authority and to life's circumstances. It is the response ability and comes with the results of a training a child to submit to God and his word. Again, in my research, I, I did find out that feathers are feminine and masculine. And I wondered why there were two feminine ones. And so I, I thought of the scripture that I'd wanted to share, and it tied in here. Uh, it sh shares how important mothers and grandmothers are to the passing on of the faith. And there's something special about the bond between a grandchild and a grandmother. She is able to speak into their lives with such reception. Here, uh, Paul is encouraging Timothy to rem remember how he was raised and that he carries that as his heritage in 2 Timothy 1, 5 through 7. He says, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And that scripture there is very easy for even two-year-olds to memorize. <clears throat> which brings us to our next point. Number three, the arrow's knock, which which is relationships. 
how key is that relationship with Paul that Paul was to Timothy in keeping the faith? All of the pent-up power in a bow is of no value if it cannot be effectively transferred. And that's why every arrow at the rear of the shaft has a small groove that holds on to the bowstring. This is called the knock. The knock keeps the arrow in place on the string until the power is released. The knock can be compared to the third core ingredient necessary in a child's life. Relationships. When someone's life intersects with God and with people, a power transfer occurs. None of us was intended to make the journey through life alone. We need the strength, comfort, encouragement, resources, and power provided by God and others. Try teaching truth without a relationship with your child. It produces rebellion. Similarly, relationships without truth can result in a self-indulgent teen, one who is spoiled, Children also need parents who will build them into, into them the ability to love others. And this training can occur quite naturally in the context of our relationship. The best school to learn about relationships and resolving conflict is the university of the family, where the professors teach and train their students for more than 18 years. I think mine was 30 by the time I moved out, really. <laughs> there was some, a few little flights in there, but. The arrow's point, number four, signifies mission. Our finely crafted arrow is nearly complete. Only the front end of the shaft needs a finishing touch, a point. The point of the arrow reminds us of the last essential quality we want to craft in a child. Every person needs a reason to live, a driving passion, or calling that provides meaning and impact. This is a person's mission, and we need to ask ourselves, have I more passion for the values of this world system than the things of God? What are my goals in life? Are they the ones I want my child to copy? Every child should be helped to understand that life is a dynamic relationship with God that overflows in love to other people, a love that the Holy Spirit uses to reconcile the lost to God. Everything else, as good or innocuous as it may be, is only a prop to facilitating this mission. And these are a few of the last tips I found on honing your archery skills. It says to relax and breathe evenly. Don't aim and then focus. Focus first, then fix your aim. And visualize your arrow hitting the center of the target. The Bible puts it this way in 40, Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. So be on guard, warrior parents. The devil wants to break and destroy your arrows. John 10.10, 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill 
and to destroy. And I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. He has no new tricks. He is trying to steal the word that's planted in you and in your children so that he can kill your family and destroy their, fi- their future and yours. Romans 8.31 in the King James Version says, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Does that, doesn't that make you excited to be a warrior parent? We are on the winning side. Psalm 28.7 tells us, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song I will praise him. Mothers, be ready to raise, aim, and release your children towards their calling. There's a quote that says, Your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do, but someone you raise. So lastly today, I remind you to become as my son, who at four proclaims to be, came up to me the other day and he said, Mom, I'm a weapons specialist. <laughs> so we're going to learn Psalm 91 for him. And, but we want to fight to the finish. And so I want to close with this uh, verse that's so important to use every day. I was telling um my dear sister cousin, Grace McClellan, and she says that she prays this over her children every single uh, morning before they go out, and then she follows up um, with Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. She follows up at the end of the day checking if they had their peace on. So I want to read it for you. It's from the message, the version from the message. It says, and that about wraps it up. God is strong, and he makes you strong, wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple hours. This is for keeps a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued so that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation, which is your helmet, right, are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. I bless you, church. 
I love you. Love your moms today. Please come up and after the service and take a look at the arrows, pieces, and this beautiful painting I can't wait to get my eyes on. Thank you so much. You have been listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.